Oh, Do you nice want to know shit. a quick story? Yeah. Ask me when the last time I pissed my pants because of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're getting the end of the story before the story. <laughs> this is a story that's better told while drinking? <laughs> not, not really. It's just, so I hadn't drank for a really long time. And then I went to that place in New York for that thing that went on. And while there, the very first night, drinks were free and i hadn't drank in uh uh two three months maybe at that point wow and i tied one on and all of a sudden i remember not telling anyone i was leaving just later i texted a few people i was like oh by the way i left i'm at mcdonald's i was at this (laughs) mcdonald's in new york city just like leaning up against the post just like I need to order food. I know I'm strong enough to order food. I can do this. And then I ordered food, walked back to my hotel room with like tons of fries, chatted up the night auditor because you know, it's like represent. Yeah. And I both did that. Went, went back to my room. There's some good Reddit threads on night auditing. I can imagine. Um, yeah, woke up the next day and was like, what the? And yeah, tied too much of one on. And and I knew in the middle of the night at some point I had one of those dreams. We were like, it's like, oh, were you like dreaming you're going to start peeing or something? Dreaming I, I was, yeah. The last time I pissed myself, I was in college and it was like my internship. What? Yeah. Makes and me silly. What? I don't know. But it was I've definitely myself since then. It's been due, but uh, freaking, I drank like, six or seven pictures with my friend Wayne and I was like I had to work the next morning for my intern and I just fell asleep in my bed woke up freezing (laughs) it's like I am oh shit I pissed the bed and I just rolled out didn't even change my underwear and just put on another pair of pants because I was already late for work and just showed up in piss soaked underwear and then I went and slept it off in some other room in the dormitories that we were like punch listing. So I was like, I'm just going to lay down here for a little bit. <laughs> Not... <laughs> now go home for lunch and change out of these disgusting clothes oh that I'm God. still wearing. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. And it's usually because of the best of times. The best. See, of I time. haven't pissed myself since the trailer. Ryan and Jason and I had a trailer that we lived in together for a while. And I pissed myself there i think it was with sarah diebel i pissed my bed when i had some girl in bed with me but it was all on my side and i was able to like the comforter above us was fine so i was able to like just roll out my side shove the comforter in between us to keep her from rolling towards my (laughs) side and she never knew um but no i've shit myself like three times in the past couple of years Wow. I haven't wow. Yeah, I have not done but that. The last couple of years, each year I've gotten like a really bad flu and it was two of the three were in the middle of the night in bed. Yeah. Yikes. I mean, I don't I don't feel embarrassed or bad or anything because I was yeah, like it, stupid sick, but yeah, yeah it's still I did a girl and kids and puppies like fuck. There's just shit in my house everywhere. Shit in <laughs> yeah. It's gross. So this girl you dated yes pee on her? no i didn't pee on her but she was also sick and was like crashing at my apartment and i get home from work and she's just like has this face on and it's like 
I sharted in your pants. <laughs> oh no. I'm Wait, like, what? Because like she, she was wearing to you. Yeah. She's like, she's just like, she just came up to me, like was real quiet and like looking at the ground. I was like, I sharted in your pants. <laughs> Cause she was wearing like my pajama <laughs> pants. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Um, where are they? It's like, oh, I, I kind of hand washed them, but you may want to really wash them. So I was like, no problem. Glad you're hey, honest. Man. Yeah, happens. I can't believe she was honest with you. I mean, there were so many stories out there. I was at a party with a kid once and we were sitting in a bedroom and he leans over the back of the bed because there was just a small amount of space between the bed and the wall. And he barfs on the floor in this spot. And then he goes and picks up a a textbook and puts it on the pile of barf (laughs) and then never mentioned anything. I only knew about it because I was next to it when it happened. But like, it's cool. Don't worry about it. (laughs) That's funny. I love it. Mm, Yeah. So I'm not holding off for any particular reason, but I am sort of speech writing. (laughs) Speech writing. Yeah, for like my opening. Like I Ah. it's a little different every week, but I wanna I wanna tighten it up a little bit. And and it's it's mainly different because I don't quite have what i want exactly so i'm um I'm, while you're writing uh, do you want to discuss then what movie to watch while we're all together we can do off theme do something yeah. completely yeah. different who's uh, i had in my head that we pick. would just do like yeah something that was unique and a one-off or yeah i actually even had in my head that we were going to do a horror movie but i don't know whose turn it is to pick or we could just put movies in a hat and draw one well this is like the next movie is chosen by Eric. The next theme tonight is chosen by Adam. <laughs> and you said your lesser known 80s movies. But I was thinking yeah. deeper about that. And I'm like, ah, that's, a, that's way too niche. Wasn't there a movie? Yeah, but Eric needs to know this ahead of time. I know, I know. But <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there a movie a couple years ago where Jack, was it Jack Black? Some goofball comedian has to overnight remake every movie in a movie rental shop oh that's the one with um yeah it's jack black i think and uh most deaf yeah, yeah. oh that rings like a bell, be kind but... be kind rewind be kind rewind yes i remember watching that and thinking that the idea was better than what they oh made. okay oh that's too bad how did that come up well, I'm 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 looking for like one-offs. About- oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Why are we doing a one-off? I thought we, we don't necessarily have to at all. Like I'm fine no. just continuing on, but for whatever reason, I just assumed that. Are we at the end of the cycle? Is that the deal? Yeah, the next movie is a new theme. Theme. And I chose the last theme. No, Chris chose the last theme. I chose it. Adam gets the next one. Yep. So, without further ado. Hello and welcome to Movie Sack, your weekly movie podcast of rambling, ramblers, and tangents. I'm your host, Chris Pruitt, and I am here with my venerable compatriots, Brian Hatch. Uh, It was really hard to find a quote that I liked, but here we go. Good morning, Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) And Adam Weiss. In the dictionary under asshole, it says, see him. And 
Eric Vice. Five months in Vietnam. My best friend is a VC. This will not look good on a resume. <laughs> so this week was our fourth movie in the war movie category. The movie was obviously Platoon. <laughs> <laughs> good good morning vietnam what the that was chosen hell? by you adam <laughs> yeah and <clears throat> this one's been on my list for a while and i know we've talked about it a bit as well in a couple of our previous episodes so i thought man this would be a nice one to round out the war genre i know it's not necessarily again in that war theme of like thin red line platoon apocalypse now or anything like that but about the vietnam war but it's the vietnam war yeah. and it's like we, we can't i mean yeah, back in the middle of it there's so many there's so many to choose from but it's, i think the balance people thinking about one job in a war yeah exactly like <laughs> <laughs> like you'd like, like finding a comedy yeah okay no how great well, every other be. war movie is about soldiers fighting the war. And this is a war movie about tertiary support that you typically don't see. So, <laughs> and how important it really is to the morale of your uh, troops out there too, because, and the, I gotta say like yeah. the movie definitely puts on that air, but being in the Navy, there was, there was a Navy cable station that was like broadcast to all the ships. Nobody gave a fuck really now i get that vietnam was different maybe like back then you all you had was your little radio and it was but <laughs> that was different to me that was wow like, they care about this guy and that that was the nice thing that i like to watch this movie it was like trying to be positive and one of the most negative situations possible and i think this movie did a pretty good job at like kind of arcing over that duration i mean it was only about five six months he was there it sounded like yeah, I think maybe even just four or five. Yeah, because you, Eric, you said he was there for five months, and my best five friend's months. a Viet Cong. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So at some earlier point, he does mention four months, but yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick uh, turnaround. So yeah, and this movie starts out with like the teleprompter, not teleprompter, but like a news feed teletype, uh, or teletype, tech, teletext, type, teletubbies, my daughter's favorite toy. Tell us. <laughs> well, it starts out saying that there's a, a likeliness of uh, increasing the troops from 75,000 up to 150,000. Oh, it's like, wow, 75,000 already is over there. And you want to like crank it up another uh, 75 on top of that. And then by like the end of the movie, they're like closer to up of 400,000 troops that were going to be uh, deployed to this uphill in the jungle can't see a damn thing battle and that was over five months and i don't know how long vietnam was i should have had that fact for this That's movie like, at least uh, 62 to 75 Ugh. yeah and then so i mean and i think gosh if they if they ratcheted up that quick i mean i'm sure i'm sure times and numbers we're just trying to be truncated here to get the point across like but in that short of a time frame to have four hundred thousand american soldiers go over and fight this war that yeah i don't know the history on it i'm very ill-advised on it but definitely played a part in all of our dad's lives (laughs) but uh 
And again, I think this movie was perfect for Robin Williams as well, because a radio host where you just have to fill air with your voice and music. Right, right. So for him to like, I want to know, I want to see like the uncut version of this movie to see... Like here's oh Robin Williams' take. And it's like three real. Like you have to live. We were talking Flip about the that, DVD yeah. over <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> that seemed like a lot of troops to me going up to wherever they went. And I just for some context, I looked up how many troops were deployed to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And that seems to have been around 775,000 at least once. So that's not all at the same time. That's the rolling through the whole the entire time we were there. But that's also about fucking 20. Well, shit. Wow. Anyways. All right. So what'd you think? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you? What or What was your favorite part? I think character it. smell. I, enjoyed it. I didn't think it was a very good movie, but I loved the I mean, it was to my mind, it was a, an excellent Robin Williams vehicle, right? Like yeah. it was. A, a way to get Robin Williams in front of an audience and let him do his thing, which he does so yeah. well. It's very poignant. But I, the the storyline that let him do that, I thought was pretty thin and not terribly meaningful. Yeah, I don't know. It, you're exactly right because this was a a loosely, I mean, it was just basically again a vessel for. Robin Williams' improv as a radio host. <laughs> and then his infatuation with Trin the entire time. And she was very forthright. Like, I am not interested in right. doing anything with you. We're not even <laughs> friends. Stop trying. Like, we've all seen yeah, that she trope. maintained that, too, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, there was no breaking. Like, she'd smile. like, you're nice, but this isn't it. Which... I think worked well, like had, had she been receptive to his advances, it would have been just a unbelievable farce, right? Like who is going to believe that? Well, that, and she didn't really matter. I thought that was a weird because there were two other random women dressed the same way when he was just coming on the taxi drive from the airport. He seemed that he, all he wanted was just a woman. He didn't, it didn't matter who, because he ended up fixated on this one that he just randomly he's been stuck on a greek island and all the women (laughs) look like zorba (laughs) and i'm like who the fuck is zorba and what are these references that i'm watching (laughs) there were a lot of dated references (laughs) was a movie made in the 80s about the 60s (laughs) yeah zorba Um, the greek (laughs) i forgot about that that's right because he does make some comment later about going back to crete Yep. And the jokes again just keep flowing out of him. Like huh. he he shows up to Vietnam in what appears to be streetwear in those times in on the uh, like islands of Greece. Flowing linen. Yeah, it just, island it looks like he come yeah, 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 island wear. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, very it's island breezy. Just enough to keep that fancy free flowing mo- movement of the uh, islands. All right. What about you, you know, Brian? Yeah. Nope. You nope. Know more? No, that's all I got for now. Brizzle. That's all you've got. Is Brizzle's coming for you. <laughs> um, I, I I started watching this and immediately I was like, oh yeah, I've seen this. I've seen this <laughs> a, a dozen times. I've uh, watched it with my sister and my dad. Yeah. Because it's a total dad movie. 
And uh, so I always knew this more through the soundtrack because I listened to the soundtrack a lot. Oh, okay. And it would have his bits on it as well as the songs like, that ah, he played. Nice. That's fun. Cut it in that way. Yeah. I, so I'd like to point out a distinct lack of fortunate son. <laughs> throughout the <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought that was like a requirement for vietnam flight <laughs> Ooh, that red white and blue <laughs> um i thought i mean i thought it was a good movie i i forgot how much i i liked it but what i forgot also is it does the lord of the rings thing at the end where i kept thinking it was over like i thought when he got stuck in the middle of all those trucks in my memory i was like that's the end of the movie he performs right. for all the you know, he's performed for the audience. Now he's performed for the troops. Right. And I just figured that was it. I forgot about the entire VC, like the brother is part of the VC part. And I, I was like, wow, this movie has a lot to it that I recall. I thought it was like, he chased her and I always thought he got her. Like in my head, I'm like, of course he got her. And she, but she was never interested. You're right. Like she never was into him. And then the brother took hold and son of a bitch if the brother didn't blow which made it even more complicated like they really complicated it where you wouldn't do that if you were making like a comedy now yeah no you're absolutely right because again that plot line was it was a bit wide like they just had a great idea and like well how do we keep this going and like where do we get the drama from and how do we i I saw the the girl like as a device to get adrian to meet what uh tran right yeah yeah basically and then once he he has this relationship um like that that drives some of that narrative forward about how you know he has this vietnamese friend now can he really trust him um are there there are reasons that he shouldn't apparently and that is what or tuan yeah tuan that is what ultimately uh kind of dooms him was his his trust and relationship in Tuan dooms him professionally, but it is very rewarding personally because Tuan actually turns out to be his friend. And they kind of resolve that with the the baseball game at the end, right? Where he is doing something quintessentially American with the Tuan's whole Vietnamese family, which is kind of a moment of- Well, that was the class. That was the class. Oh, that was the class. That's right. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure Tuan's family was probably well, the sister. Yeah, the one that he was. <laughs> oh God, his sister was in that class. That yeah, because he wasn't in the baseball game. No, which you know, Eric, you talking about all that makes me think it's weird. Though he talked about how close this relationship with his kid was, but it never really showed that throughout the movie. They had a it couple showed how how much he hounded the sister, and then never got anywhere. But it never showed us. The fact that he and the brother were so close, that was that was not very fleshed out. I feel. Well, I agree with you, and that that might also be indicative of Robin Williams's classic clown, right? Like he, the clown that he plays really makes you laugh, but fails to connect with uh, like everyone else in the scene, right? Which is funny because actually, one thing that I noticed was he is always wearing blue in juxtaposition to everyone else and uh-huh. the, the the gray the brown the the army green yeah, course, oh, right. i did not and, notice that he has and, uh, and she is always head to toe in white right 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 
Right. 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 Yeah. Right. No, that's it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so I, I've, I've, I'd heard a story long ago where this movie didn't originally have Robin Williams it, or it was originally more of a drama and Robin added all the humor. Like the guy he was playing wasn't a funny guy. Hmm. He was just a radio so host guy. Lieutenant Houck. <laughs> it was Lieutenant Houck. Great. I read something that when it got to Robin Williams, that's why he liked it was the fact that it was a radio host and yeah, that was a good avenue to be himself and to do his like brand of humor and comedy. So yeah, I, I see that. It started out as one movie until Robin Williams gets his hands on it. Um, but I I I I enjoyed it by the end. I, at the end, when um, JT Walsh, who I think is like the best character actor that ever lived, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. JT Walsh came at him, and I was like, what did? Like what's left in this movie? I forgot all about it. And yeah. and then when they showed when he told all the examples, and he's like, How do you think he got in there? Oh, you took him in there. And like, how do you think you got pulled out so easily before it exploded? And I was like, Kaiser's so saying it in my head, like, oh shit, he did get I him know. in there. And it's funny now thinking about those GIs who he headbutted, those guys were right. It's like disappointing. Yeah, but no, they weren't right. Don't give them credit for being racist and dickheads. But that's why you got to yeah. be racist and dickheads. So you can make sure that that one. Okay. That one guy. That one guy. Wasn't that why people are racist and dickheads? To make sure that one guy doesn't get there? No. Isn't that? Well, I mean, if you want to look at the society or sociologically, sure. That might be like the, the cultural evolution to protect your, your native land is to be a racist asshole well that that's to balance out the nice people that that's the essence of fascism right like (laughs) if we all stand together and stamp on everyone else then we'll be together let's let's be together but uh they kind of contrast that with cronauer's or the character adrian cronauer's like insistence on getting the news out and not censoring himself and not censoring the news. And that, I think that was like the biggest stretch for me. Like they're at war. I, I, I hate to be coming down on the side of like government censorship of information, but I can't believe that, that a, uh, a career military man like Adrian Kernauer apparently would have a problem with classified information not leaking out. Yeah, he'd but be. he was there. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Adrian Kronauer, the, the real one, came out and basically said that this is this is nothing really? like what it was. Um, hmm. He like the movie makes him seem like an anti-war radio host. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when yeah. he identified himself <clears throat> as an anti-stupid. <laughs> so and being like having been in the military oh my god do i understand like the 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 hurry up and wait mentality and the in the ridiculous bullshit that you see oh. that yeah it's sometimes nice to be able to call that out because in the military oh, there's a war. yeah something totally dawned on me while watching this which was like in in bruno kirby's character and watching him it made me realize like oh like as in life, there are people in the military who get promoted who are different kinds of people than what you know you're used to or who gets along with everybody, and those people get elevated as well. 
And he like the whole way they treated him just made me think he was the one they all picked on before who got promoted above them all. Mm. And so they never take him seriously. And that's why that relationship is able. So he is disrespected because it's always been that way. Anyways, that's what I got from watching him. That's a good point. Whole aspect of, of that. Part that's a really good point because like we don't really know we know it's a new position to him he's like you know you should really just salute me sometimes when you walk in here because i am the ranking official so right. and of course i'm sure people moved up the ranks kind of quick there because either they got sent home he or... was he was he was a baby he was yeah. a baby like he was an well, o2 he... he was nobody he was maybe a department head there like that was he was a brand new officer still, just green and naive and stupid. Is is he? An, and they were like, able to just run over him, basically. What? Is he like an archetype? Is he standing in for all of the newly promoted officers, like who are just um, trying to keep control for that first year? Well, with from experience, yes, there is a cat uh, a, a okay. group that's just like that. Yeah. But incidentally, um every other one of these characters in the movie that's what they are they're not based on real people at all they're they're archetypes of those types of people within the military so yes on two levels and you have the grizzled general grizzled sergeant major the yeah the i you know i actually i was really surprised about the the because the the general was noble nice guy yeah 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 he was he was cool like he was all about but he was pragmatic and Yes. He was saying and doing the things that if I was that character that I would want to see him say and do kind of thing. Yeah. Like so stop, was, stop getting your panties in a bunch over these little things. <laughs> yeah. And it's he's also the general though. So he can just say shit like that's people expect them to do whatever with it. But yeah, he's, it's like, he's the general. You'd hope that some of that would also be gleaned from uh career military folks. Like, he got here because of maybe his level-headedness or like he's definitely not a brown noser or suck up just to get to that next get that extra stripe so he got i mean i, I don't know again no, he, i'm he not a military guy but he maintains control with kind of an easy hand whereas uh hauk there like mm-hmm. has a closed fist that everything leaks out of yeah yeah, I mean, every one of these characters was, yeah, the, kind of that military archetype. They all kind of, you see it all. And those were, they were pretty accurate, I think. I, liked, I feel like this, this, this movie was two movies. The funny half and then the dramatic half. Yeah. Because the movie basically stopped being funny even before the, the traffic jam scene where he kind of does his little, right. little riff right. there. I didn't, didn't see any more real humor until the end when it's his tape playing. That's how I look at it. It felt almost yeah, like no, that's that's absolutely right. Full metal jacket. It starts out fun and lighthearted, and then it just we want to be a drama too. You thought full metal jacket started out fun and lighthearted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a movie in two parts. Yeah, you've seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like two separate plot lines almost entirely. With the only connecting thread, Matthew Modine. Mm-hmm. here it's everybody reconnects but anyways so what are you saying brian you wanted to jump in i thought oh it, never mind all right so amy brought up to me last night that bruno kirby sounds like joe pesci 
Seriously, that's all I thought the entire that movie. Has never occurred to me before, but <laughs> as like, soon as she said that, I watched Joe Pesci do every one of those lines for the rest of the movie, and it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> seeing older, <laughs> I don't know, New Jersey gangster Joe Pesci <laughs> screaming that shit <laughs> to no effect. <laughs> that's what all Walsh I thought. Was great, isn't he great? He really is, and he. I think this is a fantastic one of his. His little he was the one who offed himself in. uh, uh, He was the sergeant major. Code Red movie. A few good men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. He was the guy who the whole thing was built around, and then he offed himself. Yeah. Oh, that's a good movie. He was like the bad guy in that uh, Kurt Russell breakdown. Yeah. Oh, I was about to say hijacked, but that's what that's the movie I was thinking of. Hijacked. <laughs> that sounds like it would be a movie like that would be that. And he was also in Sling Blade. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw that. Apparently, oh, City Slickers. Hmm? Was he? In, he was in City Slickers too. J.T. Walsh. I don't recall that. No, Noble Willingham was not J.T. Walsh. No, Bruno Kirby. Yeah, Bruno oh, Kirby. Bruno was. Kirby was. Yeah. Yes. Which is definitely a, a 180 <laughs> from, <laughs> from this role. <laughs> well, that's what made Bruno Kirby so special. Like, look how well he played that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he definitely played the the green respect. He me. looks so respect young. my authority. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all he had to do is just grow that mustache and he looks 15 years older. <laughs> Grow his hair out a little bit. Yeah. But I think so. I did find it funny that the that scene before Robert Williams took the air with a chapel Noel or Noel. I was mm-hmm. like, man, like that's just a, a one-two punch for like that subtle joke of uh the religious guy's name is Noel for Christmas. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I was like trying to pick up on those little odds and ends as I was watching this. It's like there has to be some more fun jokes, like the twins that are the fact checkers. Or the sensors. Oh, those guys were in Terminator too. Yeah, they were. Really? Yeah, in the insane asylum, where Linda too. Hamilton is being held. He's one of the security guards, and they was... were one of the scientists. They were two scientists in Gremlins uh, too. Missed that. Yeah, yeah. Missed both of that. Then. Do you want me to tell you more about Gremlins too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I don't think anybody's terribly interested. <laughs> what is Evie this? And Zach Gilligan returned. <laughs> so. Uh, Eddie Garlic, his his. I love that movie. name. Yeah, it, it was so good. Uh, and Forrest Whitaker was so good. Like we start out where he's like he's like on track to be maybe a lieutenant Hauk, right? Like he's by the book. He's doing. He's understated. He's doing everything right. And through his relationship with Cronauer, he learns a little bit about. I don't know easing up, going with the flow a little bit. And that puts him in the right spot to take over the role when Cronauer leaves. He grows through. Yeah. He has a good mentor. Like this. He has a good mentor. Yes, that's a it's a mentor relationship. That's yeah. that's exactly right. And just to see like why and like I think his the the quote you were saying, like my life, my life flashed before my eyes. It was two seconds. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking miserable. It was like it was so boring. Like I haven't done anything with my life. It's like, ugh. so 
maybe maybe that's the real the real character change for this movie is that we get to see Eddie Garlic kind of view life from a different perspective. And I guess I like Forrest Whitaker. He has the eye issue, but it didn't look like he had it in this movie at all. Like at all, yeah. It, they, I was reading a bio on him. It was like, oh, he was born with this. It's like it just seemed like he had a stroke later or something. It was like, no, that's a just a feature that he's had, but it didn't look like it was an issue at all. So I was a little bit confused. It's like there had to have been something, but again, I don't know. Which guy? Forrest Whitaker, how he has the droopy eye. Oh. I didn't want to guess that without knowing exactly what you're talking about, but that's what I was thinking you were talking about. I thought you were talking about the guy who was uh, the assistant to the Bruno Kirby. He has Potosis. He's a weird looking dude. Yeah, but I noticed the Forrest Whitaker thing too. I felt like whatever his thing is that he has has grown more pronounced throughout age because here in this movie, when he's young, it was you didn't really see it at all. It's he has he was born with ptosis. It's P T O S I S. So I don't know if yeah, ptosis is it's uh, it's like the numbness and paralyzation of facial muscles. Yeah, and it's uh, technically it's the same thing that Sylvester Stallone has on the one side of his face. Uh, he was a forcep baby. Mm. They used to stick forceps into hoo has to clamp onto their heads and yank them out. And uh, sometimes that fucked with their nerves quite a bit and that you ended up with that half numb face. Oh, fun, Eric. Have fun with that. <laughs> Let mom and dad take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me forever to figure out what AFK meant. <laughs> I haven't played World of Warcraft in 10 years. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> no, I had a, a unique four-month period in my life where I had no job, but I was getting a steady paycheck, no wife, no kids, and an apartment all to myself. And I was in the Navy, had basically nothing going on, and I got to play WoW, and I played the shit out of it. I heard it's a slippery slope. And then I let go, and that was it. But I mean, this was also like 2011, so yeah, I'm sure they've done a bit since then. How does the saluting work? Is it as casual as they made it out to be? Or um, I've always been under the impression that everything about Vietnam, when you're out in the field, actually in a war where people are dying, it's it's less enforced. Because it's just, it's not as strict an atmosphere, at least not in that sense. It's more. And then there's also like the technical as, or the, you don't want to salute because then that might show you're superior. You don't wear certain types of uniforms because if you're being watched or whatever, it, it singles you out as someone, a target to take out because like you might be upper management, you know, if you're an officer, et cetera. Um, But no, you always salute an officer if you are enlisted is that like yeah. a subtle salute like kind of like a head nod or is it always like a full no, arm? like you're, you're, fucking, you're bringing your you're bringing your hand up okay um, uh but you don't do it inside if you're under a roof and that like includes tents basically so that well that explains like that, that in whole... the navy you don't do it under a roof but in the army i think you do still salute inside oh because i don't say that explains the whole why don't you wear, salute me <laughs> with the navy it's wearing your hat when you've got your cap on, that's when you salute. Whenever you're outside, you have to have your cap on. Whenever you go inside in uniform, you have to take your cap off. So you salute outside, you don't salute inside, basically. With the Army, though, 
they salute inside, even though they take their hat off, I think. Hmm. What about the Coast Guard? Hey, all of our listeners, would somebody fucking email us about this, please? Yeah. Jason, get to work, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Do our research. (laughs) Oh, he texted earlier about the last episode and said, in and out, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. You guys just kill me in this podcast. But I think it was more sincere than how how I read it. What? In and out like the Kevin Klein movie? Yeah, because we had mentioned it in the podcast. Uh, I was hoping about In and Out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because I had said I'd seen Singing in the Rain and Debbie Reynolds was in that. But the last movie I'd seen her in was In and Out. So I we talked about In and Out. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it was like four episodes ago, five episodes ago. I'm actually backed up. Um, I am up to whatever I texted you guys about the other day. Old boy. Old boy, I'm yeah. just yeah. I'd want to respond I was like, well, that's more Eric's response because that's it him. was all Eric saying shit. Yeah, but <laughs> did he say anything he like bad? No, it's just no, no, no. It was just like semi-serious family shit talking about kids and family. I wouldn't say it's family shit. It's just more like uh, I don't know. I don't remember. <clears throat> it, yeah. it didn't have an impact. It wasn't racist, so I think it's okay. <laughs> as long as you're racist it's okay oh he was talking about being at home with you guys for the holidays and how he felt himself defending his actions or whatever to your mom because she made some comment about how and here we are having the same goddamn conversation again while we're recording But no, it, it, I just, it was something I was listening to the episode and then it was like, all right, we're going to take a break. I got to take a leak. We'll tell Brian to edit out this part of the show because you weren't on that show, which is weird because we kept referencing you. Yeah, Brian, we you were saying like, hey, Brian, I want your opinion on something. Yeah, old boy, you did without me. Yeah. Okay. Which is funny because we did, a, we addressed you a couple of times. <laughs> oh. I kept expecting you to start talking. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's you, one you recorded, which it makes sense then that something was left in because I probably just was like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and Adam's right. Like, there's nothing terribly serious or, like, offensive it's, or anything. And I don't even it's think like it's necessarily your, that personal. But yeah. I just thought I'd throw it out there. And And speaking of school, I think that's a nice tangent that this movie takes is Robin Williams. Nice. I know. A tangent on a tangent, which is, I don't know if that's a a secant. Anyways. uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's the hypotenuse? It's a chord. (laughs) But the role that Robin Williams takes to try to get closer to Trin is teaching English. And he's like he just freaking flops it right what out of the gates did you call her trim trim i feel like we've said a few like different names and trim trim t-r-i-n-8 no it, there's no a tran tran there's twan 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 twan's the brother and then there's trin which is t-r-i-n-h t-r-i-n-h yeah trin who are you talking about well trin because like he went to do the oh. English class because she went there probably to get away from Robin Williams. Yeah, he was a bit of a stalker. Yeah. No, I think bad. she was just going to class because that was like her. She was going to class, and that's just when he happened to see Stalk her, her. following her. Yeah, exactly. He stalked her to her <clears throat> next errand that day. Very stalkery. 
So he bribes the uh, the teaching English guy. Uh, that, that's a horrible description of a teacher. Teaching English <laughs> you could use a teaching English guy, Adam. <laughs> that, that's my that's what's on my wall as teaching English guy. Yeah, it's my diploma. <laughs> but uh, bribes him and then takes it over. And as he's doing that, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna win her this way. I will just talk, and she'll see that I'm a good person." And in the course of doing so, he does become part of the community of uh, Vietnamese people that are just like, well, I might as well learn English because all y'all are here and you're fucking shit up. So, I, and I think technically he, they were all Thai people. Thai, okay, Thai, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes a nice turn because uh, Robin Williams makes fun with it. It's like, uh, let's really have the interactions that you will have with people. Like, hey, get the fuck out of the way. Or... I love that interaction with the one guy, like a waiter, waiter comes out and dumps soup on you. What do you do? And the old guy's just like, nothing. And he's like, okay. So he goes back and gets another bowl of soup and then dumps it on you again. And he's just like, I guess this just happens. And then it's like, fine. He goes and gets a knife and starts stabbing you. And he's like, I'm just waiting to die. <laughs> but I think that's the thing about, language is like knowing those subtleties between joking and having a meaningful conversation and having that line in between them to be defined enough that you can play with it i think that's what was a nice feature to this film is like you are getting to know i mean you're a fish out of the water and you're trying to get in teach people about yourself and get to know them and in turn he slowly becomes not inducted into their culture but uh it's the sharing of the cultures between indoctrinated the no inducted like oh come in to... inculcated yeah. yes i'm not i'm not a linguist <laughs> my wife's gonna be rolling her eyes so hard at this episode. <laughs> oh my uncultured husband <laughs> You're not exactly a cunning linguist. <laughs> but, uh, but then he goes, yeah, he goes to like the village to get, get to know more about Tren. And she's again, tells him off like this doesn't work. Like you can spend all day, meet my whole family. We can go to the movies together. You can do all these things, but it's not going to change what we are. This is not going to happen. There's just, some lines that just can't be crossed and it's not going to work. And I got to say, I was not disappointed by that. It's nice the to have fact that. Yeah. Like, holy shit. They have a female character that is sticking to her guns throughout this whole movie. How many movies are out there that are about a dude just harassing a woman and actually vice versa. They're just not interested, <laughs> but they break them. But I think the problem it's awkward in this movie is that he is just stalking her and it's kind of weird <laughs> and he he doesn't have any connection to one he's just like hey there's another one hey there's another one and it is kind of weird now like watching it now i'm like oh uh. she's clearly uncomfortable like, yeah, yeah. kind of yeah yeah this very hairy armed man keeps <laughs> me. he looks way too old too that was that was almost yeah. bad casting, I felt, because like I'm think, looking at him like you're 40 year old Robin Williams. I know he wasn't that old yet, but you look like you're 40 and you're playing a an airman, which is at best an E3. 
So that's like <laughs> a 20 year old. Yeah. That fuck. No, that's an 18, 19 year old. Jesus. Yeah. Or in my case, a 25 year old. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you have to stay in to get called like Colonel or Lieutenant or something? Um, Lieutenant takes about, I want to say six years. If you're awesome, eight years average. Colonel, which is the, I want to say that's a commander. I was in the Navy, so I don't know the other ranks that well. I think a colonel is like a a commander in the Navy, which I think might be 05. That's uh, 12 years if you're awesome, probably closer to 14. But a fucking dipshit, dippery do, Dan Bruno, Bruno Mars, Bruno Kirby. Um, (laughs) That was a a, a journey. (laughs) That's a two year. That's a two year. If you oh. if you're an you're an O one, and then I think automatically at two years you get O two. I mean you still have to probably test your board or something, but he's like he's a baby. He's he's literally like no more than twenty four. Well, he was probably a radio guy, right? That was recruited into the. Oh, maybe yeah. I see, I don't know how any of that shit works. Like yeah, that seems like a one-off whole jobs world. in the military. Like Matthew Modine in Full Metal Jacket. He's Matthew a fucking Modine. journalist, photo a photographer. I don't know anything about those unique like one-off jobs in the military. Like there's a lot of radio people like Robert Wool and uh, Richard Portnow. Like both of them were like radio hosts that just back to back. Like you have four hour box. Two shifts a day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that's a day's work. Like you get your eight hours. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's what, that's like your watch. Yep. I get that. And it's like you're four on, you're eight off. You're four on, you're eight off. And that's kind of if you're lucky, because sometimes it's eight on, eight off. <laughs> eight on. What? Eight off. Who does, <laughs> did you say? Huh? Eight on, eight off is what it sounded like. <laughs> no, 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 no. Shame, shame. I know your name. Eight on, Adolf. <laughs> yeah, eight off yeah. Hitler. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> That was the last podcast. <laughs> you know, right, wrong this is the, it came up once before, maybe because we saw a movie with Robert Wool, hey, but I've oh, never oh. liked Robert Wool. I know yeah, oh, the, the moment I see him, I'm like, oh, fuck, here comes this schmuck. What were you but talking about? This he was, was in a uh, Batman. Yeah, I know he was in Batman and he's and, the one thing. He's the worst thing about Batman, in my opinion. Bull Durham. Um, hmm. It's Bull Durham again. Yeah. That's what it was. We it was Bull Durham that I brought that up. Yeah. Um. But actually, I I did not mind him in this movie. Like he was the loud mouth, but he was like, "I got your back, but I'm gonna hit the road. <laughs> I got your back, but when I'm around, kind of thing." But even then, mm-hmm. like when he's uh when they're all all of them like took on the role of like answering fan mail and calls like when they weren't on air. So I was like, it it wasn't eight on eight off. It was That's true. you're still doing all the background work and you're answering fan mail and people are like fucking how sucks bring back Adrian Cronauer because bring back mor- morale's dead thanks to this guy. Pocus. Pocahontas? What? Pocus Pocus. We got one letter from a man who thought that Hauk's comedy was visionary and interesting. The other 1100 calls. <laughs> that man can't do comedy to save his dick. Direct quote. <laughs> I love that. Direct I don't quote. even know what that means, but I'm pretty sure it's negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
that threw me off actually that line was like what do you mean you don't know what that means that means it's like, shit that means someone doesn't like it come on now <laughs> you, you don't suck the sweat off a dead man's balls <laughs> in a positive note <laughs> there, there's no context that makes that a good thing <laughs> yeah the whole movie was filmed in thailand that's i actually kind of appreciated the fact that my opinion of vietnam based on all the war movies that I've seen is that it's hot and muggy and it's fucking terrible weather. It's like North Carolina. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad I, I appreciated that all of them were sweating their asses off throughout this movie. Yeah, that was like <laughs> some genuine sweat. That was in that's, those scenes. that's why I looked it up. It was like, did they actually film this in <laughs> Vietnam? Wow. But no, it's Thailand. <laughs> Still pretty close, but God damn. So also uh, the Nixon interview that was posted oh, when, man. Uh, Hulk was like, no, you're going to get back in here and you're going to like provide comments from Nixon's interview. <laughs> and that was the best fuck you that I think you could have done. Yeah. It's like, how big are you? How small are your balls? Oh, they're incredibly small. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is just legendary to do something like that especially in a time of war where i'm pretty sure most of those guys are like fuck nixon send me over here but <clears throat> that that shit would still not i mean we get we see that on the norm now with like super cuts yeah. of everything like i've seen like or even like uh what's that audio tune the news where <laughs> people are just mm -hmm. making songs about the random shit that our leaders are saying so that's now the norm it's the new normal well adam is our fourth war movie, Good Morning Vietnam. Are you glad you chose it? Are you unhappy you chose it? Do you wish you would have chosen something else? I kind of do wish I chose something else because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fine Fair movie. Enough. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine movie. It's a loose story. It's realistic, though, in that you don't get the girl at the end. War isn't pretty. And your friends aren't always who they seem to be in times of war. What kind of lesson is that that I'm supposed to take from that? <laughs> well, in times of war, like God damn it, Adam, are you a terrorist? Are you a bad person? <laughs> are oh. you a BC? <laughs> Very cool. Of course I am. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, hey, finger guns. You know, there were there were a handful of white, like just cracker ass Americans that decided to like defect and join isis and things like that yeah i wonder if the Viet Cong got i wonder how many they got you know they got at least one or two but i wonder if it was in the hundreds or maybe even thousands yeah there had to be sympathizers <clears throat> but i'm talking but, about like americans yeah how many deserted to go join them and or how many americans from over here were like you know what north vietnam's where it's at <laughs> i'm fucking packing up jane and the kids and we're going the dollar is like 400 of their dollars <laughs> I'm gonna retire but again it's it's a movie and in retrospect seeing robin williams it's like it just i feel every movie i see with robin williams now is going to be through that filter of severe depression and that role he was taking on and just it almost seemed like if there's quiet time in my head that's when the bad things happen so for someone to have such a outlandish over-the-top mentality to riddle off some of his diatribes for this radio show it's just like man like where was he at, at this time and then to compound that with like the 
mental issues that have come out of Vietnam and all the veterans that have gone through literal hell and have had nothing, nothing really good to prove from it. It's just twofold. Like he's trying to be a positive person in a shitty situation. And it just kind of like doubles down on me when I watch it. It's like, it's just sad a little bit, but it is definitely one of his defining roles. I'd say like, yeah. This part of the podcast is brought to you by rainbows and unicorns. Because Adam (laughs) was a downer. (laughs) Forrest Whitaker had a line in there where he, in the kind of towards the beginning, he asks him like, where are you staying? Uh, You have a roommate. Oh, you have him as a roommate, man. if, If I had to live with him, I'd kill myself. Yeah. It's like, but like yeah suicide joke is no big deal until you watch a movie where robin williams is the recipient of a suicide joke this is it was weird we did have this conversation amy and i last night um this is the first robin williams movie i've seen since he died i have not seen any of his like i haven't rewatched anything Incidentally, I, I think about Hook all the time. I want to rewatch what about oh, yeah, so Patch bad. Adams. You haven't watched Patch Adams? That's a, there's another Patch downer. Adams, not, not since I've, you know back in I've the day, but Mrs. Doubtfire a couple times. Oh, that's a great movie too. That's a good one. That's, that's a real good one. With a run by fruiting. Death to Smoochie. <laughs> I'm really curious about Death to Smoochie. Or I, I saw it when it came it's, out, but I don't remember anything and I it's, it's him, one of those, Jim, Jim Norton. Wait, Jim. it's Edward Norton. Norton. It's a dark comedy. It is dark. Like, ooh. But is it dark funny? Like, am I going to enjoy the dark comedy? Or is I think it you'd enjoy it like now? Awkward, hum, not humiliating, but like you feel. It's not like Judd Apatow dark. It's not that uncomfortable. It's just more like, ooh. It's not this is 40 dark? No. <laughs> you mean Judd Apatow? it's like saying it's not or not i don't know not judd there's another one that i saw where it was like although judd from stuff is pretty dark because it's like whoa what's that one these people or from how i met your mother the one guy bob saget not bob saget he oh marshall yeah marshall he was in that uh, one movie where he's like a graduate and it's like forever and his like wife cheats on him and leaves him, and he's like, "Oh, it's on that puppet show." I think so. Does he go to the, oh, the vampire puppet show? That was the one where he's no, like, not that one. Forgetting oh. Sarah Marshall, not forgetting, that's Sarah, forgetting Marshall. Sarah Marshall. Yeah, that that's okay. But even that one's a little dark, but it's not as dark. Let's see. My but, all right. Well, you look up yeah. whatever you're looking up. Yeah. Who's yeah. choosing the next category? Well, hold on. Hold on to your Where's the host of this show? Flat ass. <laughs> what do you think? I, I was trying to I was trying to talk there. Brian, one to ten. Where do you put this, bitch? You know, this morning I was at a nine, but after talking about this and saying these things out loud and listening to you guys talk, <laughs> and that it just seemed awkward at times listening to him hound dog these women. So uh 8.5? No, nah, like a seven. So uncomfortable Vietnam era male chauvinism takes two points off of a score. It's <laughs> not good. I man. shall remember this. It's um it's, okay. Seven. Brian? Seven. Adam. So I think this is like a six for me. Like again, like it it's unfortunate. I mean, <clears throat> it's hard to make light of a situation <clears throat> as dire as Vietnam, despite one's best efforts. So, yeah, I and then 
the whole everything else was like just unfortunate but i think that was realistic at best like yeah Viet Cong was everywhere there was terrorism but it was it was just it was a hard watch for a movie that i thought was gonna be a little bit funnier but <laughs> yeah i should have yeah, just watched I, mash i guess but <laughs> <laughs> oh, have you seen mash no the movie oh my god the movie yeah. is phenomenal that's what everyone says so the tv show is phenomenal too <laughs> actually that sounds ridiculous but i love that show eric i'm well, it's or D's or whatever. One to ten. Con- continued effort to deflate the scores that I've been inflating this whole time. I'm giving it a five and a half. Oh, oh, oh. wow! Not because yeah, it was bad, he's calling you an asshole, Adam. I like. Well, I mean, five and a half rounds up to six, right? Like it's not that different, but I. Uh, it was okay. The funny parts were very funny, and. I let yeah. nostalgia guide me. All right, so that's the crow. <laughs> I'm going to give it a six. <laughs> See, my thing is, if it's a five, it's a I would tell someone you need to watch this at least once. Yeah, it's interesting. It's unique. There's something about it that you should watch it once. That's a five. I'm not saying you're going to like it. Not saying you're going to love it. You know, it, watch it once. But this is really funny in some points. But a lot of these jokes are really fucking old. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm gonna try and move more of my hand so that Brian has more work. To- <laughs> uh, six, you know, it's more than someone should watch it once. It's watch it once, but there's a lot of good stuff to it. Just yeah. Oh, in the movie I was talking about, it was the five-year engagement. Oh, didn't see that, fella. I did see that. I don't remember fuck. anything about it except it was University of Michigan, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Michigan. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh. Some this... like grad school program. They were living together, about to get married. But yeah. Like to something like that. Yeah. He got, I don't know. They both graduated. She got the long track stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll just move here with you and I'll just get a side job. And he's like, dead end job ish. She goes on for a successful career and cheats on her fiance. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's like this, this sucks. This isn't fun. <laughs> it's not a comedy of errors. It's just well, you're error. not selling it, Adam. So I didn't like it. I didn't like it at <laughs> um, all. <clears throat> so this ends our four picture war movie theme. Adam, you have the next theme choice. So I was gonna do my what is your refinement. Uh, my refinement is just. 80s movies but not the mainstream okay like, i want those okay. stuff that went under the radar Grimm's those two yeah gremlins two well is that even 80s because it was 83 was gremlins one 84 yeah i don't forget you think but, they waited more than six years to make a sequel <laughs> not back then not. not back then no they they jumped on that shit nowadays but, everything costs 100 million dollars and takes 18 years to make and if the second one isn't isn't a success, it's a complete failure, and you are a horrible actor, director, screenplay writer, and everything in between. All right, so say that one more time. Eighties movies that yeah, just lesser known eighties movies. Lesser known. All right. Something that like I've heard of it, but I've never watched it because I don't care, kind of thing. <laughs> one of these days we're gonna do a category that's just fucking cut and dry because I no. feel like someone will come back with something like. I don't know the big chill. <laughs> hey man, like we get to the choose big categories. chill is not a little known movie, but I could easily see one of us choosing it. 
remember the rule whatever it makes you think of is what it made you think of just pick yeah. a movie yeah i'm not this shouldn't be complicated it's not it's i already know what i want to choose <laughs> i've had this in my head for days now i've got mine <laughs> well who's choosing? eric i'm supposed to choose i have not the, the category didn't change from last week you you got this lesser known 80s movies does anyone have the link that i sent out last week the crush 2 <laughs> that was 90s uh nope it's gone into the ether <clears throat> it can be a surprise we know we still need to watch it <laughs> watch every movie <laughs> well you know what he he can uh i mean text he can ferment later. yeah ferment no no, no. i'm fine uh, with that whatever you want to do we can do this um Aces, do iron eagle three <laughs> wait wasn't that 90 have you guys anyone have you guys all seen repo man repo man or yeah. repo men repo man there's a repo man from the aughts or early teens no we're doing the emilio estevez repo yes. man <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's definitely lesser known repo man huh. wait like this is this is a a well-known movie in my circles like i'm i'm having trouble gauging your tone of voice here is this something like oh yeah repo man everyone's seen that or is this uh no i have no fucking clue what it is because i'm thinking like there's another repo man there is a repo man i think i'm not at all familiar with this 1984 emilio estevez fucking yes wow no, this is nobody's fucking heard of this movie. Like a nuclear car, and it's it the end of the world. It might not be the end of the world. There's too many words on the movie cover. You know, it's gonna <laughs> be under the radar. Oh, there's a shit ton of words on the movie cover. How about this? A young punk recruited by a car possession possession agency finds himself in pursuit of a Chevrolet Malibu that is wanted for a twenty thousand dollar bounty. And has something otherworldly stashed in its trunk. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Have you so have you seen this? Yes. Yep. Okay. Is it good? It is. I right. I let's gonna pull up all this. of Eric's good movies. <laughs> <laughs> Your booze mean nothing. I know what you like. <laughs> Why are you booing me? I'm right. <laughs> I'll have to get yeah, the VCR for this, we're right? This, Repo Man. Looks like we're going to be digging at the bottom of the barrel to trying to find some of the, the streams The bottom of the sack. Mm-hmm. Deep into my sack. That's right. I got to look for a movie. Um, yeah, Brian, you are after Eric. Let's see if my movie's on YouTube. All right. Uh, I'm excited. Are we going to play some bunnies? I'm not particularly excited. <laughs> I don't have killer bunnies. Oh. I do I have, have killer bunnies. I have a bunch of can, other fun games. <laughs> we could certainly do that when you're at our place. Uh, and Adam and Laura, you are, and fucking Eric. Yeah. You guys, yeah. If we do it at our place, come over and let's spend six hours playing. Ah, so much fun. Right. You doing okay, Brian? You've been, been kind of quiet and a bit subdued. These past episodes, these past episodes, yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're not, you're not you're talking not, a lot. Is you're, it? You're quiet. You're all right. Yeah, I just, you guys fill the space. I don't see the need like to jump. In. <laughs> but that, but that's part of the fun is hearing your yeah. witty banter. 
Oh, well, if the I, three I, of us are more than you, then it just makes us sound like we we talk too much. Very <laughs> like there is a fourth person here. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I was just enjoying the show. Not really like <laughs> just nodding along. Like oh, you're yeah, just live talk. streaming. Ryan, you're not listening to us. You're live <laughs> streaming a podcast. This is the real one. <laughs> I just sort of been listening and hanging out. Like oh yeah, I can talk more. No, you just yeah, you just subdued them. Just want to make sure you're okay. Oh yeah, I'm fine okay i just paint you know just like going along with it i got your note adam that said don't talk anymore brian so i didn't talk no i (laughs) i was hoping i mailed it don't kill yourself this letter (laughs) and he said quit your yapping no i want to hear your yapping oh speaking of because you got some good stuff you're funny man do we stand want do we want to go into the chris rock fucking will smith shit this no. is a movie podcast. That's okay. Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't. You guys no, are I, I, there's nothing that I mean, this falls on both sides. It was like, oh yeah, he was totally right. But you can still also be graceful and telling someone you're a piece of shit. So yeah. it's it goes both ways. Like, oh yeah, I'd slap him if he's making fun of my wife with a genetic disease or you really but it's also fucking, he, it's comedy. It's it's a one-liner written by some fucking schmuck backstage but like still it's a joke what is at what point all i want to know is like did he know it wasn't a disease or if it was just shaved head does it fucking matter because because she's been very wait 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 wait. today now it's starting to surface that back in like the early 90s will smith was on the arsenio show and specifically called out and picked on a member of the band with alopecia oh so it's like come on and that was at the point in will smith's career where you could argue that he might even be a comedian and that he makes these jokes i just i I, I I love i love that the internet sometimes just pulls out this shit that like oh it does not forget it knows all i just love the one joke that came out of it was uh so what's on will fit or uh not will smith um chris chris rock's face Fresh prints. Fresh mm. prints. Jesus, Adam. <laughs> Damn it, Adam. 